The ARA acknowledges the traditional owners of the land where we have recorded this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present, and recognise Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as Australia's first traders, who utilise a sophisticated network of trading paths that have facilitated the exchange of goods, knowledge and culture for millennia. Hi, I'm Paul Zara, CEO of the Australian Retailers Association, and welcome to the Retail Therapy Podcast, proudly brought to you by AWS. Having navigated the worst of the pandemic, businesses are now moving on to tackle the next big global disruptor in climate change. In this season, we're talking to business leaders, academics and climate experts about their personal journeys and fighting for a more sustainable future. We'll also learn more about businesses and how they're meeting their sustainability targets. Joining me today is Alex Holt, the Chief Sustainability Officer at Woolworths, one of Australia's biggest companies and most recognisable brands. In June last year, Woolworths established this new executive level leadership role, solely focused on sustainability, led by Alex, who previously oversaw the Woolworths Group Sustainability Portfolio as General Manager of Sustainability, Health and Quality since April 2016. We know why climate change and sustainability is important and why we need to work towards net zero targets. The big question is how we get there. So I'm delighted to have Alex with me today to chat about the sustainability journey that Woolworths is on and the leadership role that they're taking in the space. Alex, welcome. Hi, Paul. Lovely, lovely to be here with you. Thank you so much. I am so looking forward to our chat. I mean, you were appointed the Chief Sustainability Officer for Woolworths Group last year. Can you tell us a bit about the role and why do you think that we're seeing more companies appoint Chief Sustainability Officers? So it was around July last year that we had the new role in the Woolworths Group. And I think what's great about it is we're actually starting to see the elevation of a sustainability role to the executive level across a number of different companies and very much around many, you know, one of the ways around how we as Woolworths are setting ourselves up to deliver change in this really important area. My focus is all around at Woolworths, is all around how we kind of set the right trajectory, establishing the frameworks that deliver the change, and then also collaborating across both the Woolworths group, but also across the value chain. And actually, how do we solve some of these industry really big sustainability challenges that we've got? Our whole executive team, incredibly passionate about pursuing this and pursuing a more sustainable future. But as a chief sustainability officer, my responsibility really is around how do I bring that single-minded advocacy for sustainability to our strategy and decision-making forums? What makes the role slightly different is, and, and why I'm excited to see actually the growth of CSO across multiple companies now across Australia, is I think more and more businesses are actually realizing that if you really do want to make progress, sustainability has got to become an intrinsic part of your business. Can't just be an add-on anymore. And that's exactly why I think we're starting to see lots more companies promote sustainability to the exec level. It's, if you think about it, it's incredibly broad transformation scope of work, which is really requiring both resourcing, investment, different way of thinking to drive that transformational change across a very broad scope of topics, actually, and areas. And I think that's why it's incredibly important and exciting that it's actually being given executive focus to it to devote their sole attention to it going forward. Mm. And now you lay the development of Woolworths Group's 2025 sustainability plan. Tell us what's in the plan and how it's different from your previous five-year plan. 
So I was I was one of a few of us that were working on this. That it does seem a, a long time ago now, and actually quite a long amount of time that we were working on this. What's different about it is it very first it foremostly starts with five guiding principles, and they act as our north star and they guide our journey to a better tomorrow. And they will be there for the long term. How we turn those guiding principles into actions, though, is through our goals and commitments, of which we've got fourteen goals and over forty commitments, and they're split into three categories: people, planet, and product. And the difference here is we've we've really gone and wanted to go bold and wanted to be really crisp and clear in our ambition around these. So for for us, it was a real chance for us to have a step change in our level of ambition. And you'll see in some of our goals, we knew we wanted to make a, a change in the area. We didn't quite exactly know how to. So such things like lead the future of protein would be a good example. And actually, our commitment around that is that we would put the time and the resources to work through to what our strategy is. We knew it was something that was out there incredibly important for us to do, but we didn't know exactly how to go about doing that. So that that stretch in ambition, even though it's called our 2025, we've got goals in there that take us to 2030 and also are being net positive on carbon by 2050, if not earlier, is equally kind of a key key area in there. So I think just to sum it up, Paul, would be crispness, would be ambition and would be absolute clarity around we want to take a leadership role and where we take a leadership role. That's fantastic. Now, in your plan, you outline the guiding principles right up front. The two that stand, stood out for me were we act like a, a leader and speak up on issues that matter, and we apply circular thinking in everything we do. On the first, what is the importance of leadership and sustainability? And on the second, I guess, can you tell us about the evolution of the circular economy over the past few years? To answer your, your first question around you know, acting like a leader and speaking up, As Australia's largest retailer and one of the largest private employers, we have got a absolute responsibility to our communities, to our customers, to our team and our partners to do the right thing. We have a number of core values at Woolworths and actually doing the right thing is one of those core values. And it's something that actively across the group and our team are referring to in everyday decision making. We're really conscious that when we act like a leader, whether that be in our commitment to green energy or in our highly transparent, the modern slavery statements that we've gone out with, we know that we are actually also influencing positive change from other businesses. And so it's not always it was easy to speak up on issues that matter, yes. but we do believe it's important for us to lean in. And it really is why there, there are a number of cases where we're absolutely unapologetic in our sustainability ambitions. And I'll give a couple of examples, if that's helpful. If I talk about the approach to green energy transition, when, when we went out in 2020 with our commitment to be 100% green energy, which was a first for a major Aussie supermarket, we knew that we actually had to approach this differently. And actually linked to that, we've then also had the first supermarket globally to issue green bonds in 2019 and using that to finance portfolio of low carbon supermarket assets. There's a number of different things. And one I still remember now when we went out with it, the number of smaller suppliers who actually reached out to myself and Brad via email just to say thank you when we went out with it because because of the scale, the scale that we are and the ripple effects that we can have by making some of those commitments actually has makes it easier for a number of them. So that just to, to answer your first question. Circularity is incredibly, incredibly important and and it is a shift. 
it's a fundamental shift from moving from thinking of things like waste to actually moving away from thinking of it as waste into thinking of it as a resource. So it was when we when we wrote this guiding principle, there was probably a handful of people in Woolworths who actually really understood what circular thinking meant. But at, now where we're at, we've actually got a lot of our team, we've got our store teams thinking about this is no longer around waste. This is actually this waste is a resource. So what can they do with it? And uh, again, a couple of examples to bring it to life. We recently uh, invested in a startup called Samsara. You may have heard about Samsara. So it's re- super cool tech, all in plastics. And it's a new plastic recycling startup and basically uses very clever science and uses enzymes to break down plastics into its the, the basic raw components. So it can effectively be repurposed into new products. And what we've committed is that we will use the first 5,000 tonnes of recycled plastic that they've developed. But equally, that this is not just about for Woolworths, that absolutely this technology is open to any company that actually wants to uh, use it in the future. So that's a that's a, a one, one example. Mm. Another example of circularity, much more granular, would be in our store teams. And that's around the food waste and actually our store teams then having the empowerment to be thinking through actually what they do to reduce the waste in the stores in the first place. And then ultimately then working with our food rescue partners or farmers to then be stopping equally, making sure we're stopping waste going to landfill. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing work. Now, you you also outline a number of targets in your three strategic pillars, people, planet and product. Which of these targets are you most excited about and which keep you up at night? (laughs) Um, I think that the the first thing I would talk about is that, and I touched on this briefly, was transformation. And if you actually think about what we're doing here, this is no longer just about goals and targets. This is actually around us with a deep transformation program of work across the Woolworths Group. And it's a program of work that is at its heart is sustainability, but at its heart of that is good business. So it's absolutely absolutely doing what is right and makes commercial viable sense as well. In the 2025, what I am really passionate about is green energy. And I mentioned briefly like the smallest suppliers that have contacted us. And that's very much around we we use 1% of Australia's electricity. So when we as Woolworths make that commitment, that shift, I think, is is super cool because then we're instantly helping to make an improvement across all of Australian greening our electricity. And that change then that happens uh, across the hundreds of stores, over a thousand stores that we've got, but also the impact that we can then have through to our supply partners, our customers as well. And I just think that is a super cool piece. And come July this year, we will actually have 100% of our operations in South Australia will be powered by green energy, which is a great step forward. That is amazing. Um, A great milestone, I think, for us to be achieving. Absolutely. When you talked about what keeps me up at night, I am a glass half full person. Uh, if I wasn't, I I don't think I could. Yeah, I, I just don't think I could do this role if I wasn't, because I fundamentally believe in the power of technology and the power of people to create positive change. Just looking back in history of time, you can just see what the amazing stuff that um, humans have done over time. So I do I do look at things as a with a positive and a glass half full. Rather rather than it being a challenge, I, th- I think one of the 
the opportunities for us is that this space is is rapidly evolving massively so and it used to be that it was just carbon emissions that we were considering now there's things for us such as biodiversity soil health additional things that coming in in relation to nature for us to be considering as well and what what is key in those moments is that actually as an organization you're really staying true to what is important for you to be doing as a business so as science improves and knowledge improves actually moving with that which means where we are ebbing and flowing as things change and as right. things evolve so as more information comes on and that that i think is just something that is incredibly important that pulse check so it can no longer be just we're setting our 25 you know goals and commitments for five years time and we're just going to work towards them every year we're now going through pool and just reassessing them and going are they still right has some things dialed up have some things come back a little bit just so that we can keep making sure that we are moving forward in the right way science often gets sharpened uh from a focus point of view but equally technology is moving at such a fast pace how do you keep across it all so we um, so we, we, tr- we do our best, I think, Paul. So uh, we are connected in um, globally. We're connected in with a number of peer companies, so peer retailers globally. We do also, they keep a an eye on actually what is going on overseas. So there is different technology. Europe in a number of areas is more further advanced than we are. So we do actually keep an eye on what's going on overseas because there is some great tech that's coming through from that. We also, though, through our W23, which is our startup venture capital arm, they are the ones that invested in Samsara. They also are actually a way for us to then be looking into emerging startups and where actually we may end up investing in or what things may be coming forward in the future. It's where Future Feed, um, we invested in Future Feed as well through W23, which is around using seaweed as a way and a tech as a way to be able to reduce carbon emissions from cattle. Fascinating, fascinating. Now, it's one thing to announce a plan. It's another to explain it to your people. The why and the how, how important is stakeholder engagement, specifically for your own internal teams? And how are you bringing your people on the sustainability journey? So the way we think about this is is threefold. Um, Firstly, around activating our strategy. Secondly, around mobilising our strategy. And thirdly, around accelerating our strategy. Engaging our teams is critical. This is not about me and a small number of sustainability people delivering this, working on the sidelines. This is actually about the teams delivering across the Woolworths group, and that's where the work gets done. Mm. So we've we've actually put accountability for, for the work, for the delivery and the teams where that happens. So the way we think about this is around we're creating a movement at Woolworths, both with our own teams and also our broader stakeholders. And if you think about movements, movements are about how you engage the hearts and minds of team members, customers, communities in, in our plan and our vision for the future. And how we go about doing that internally then is we're working through how we actually create avenues within the business that are providing awareness, celebrating successes, developing capability, helping to inform decision making, and also talking through when things haven't gone right or we've tried things and they've not worked. Well, why haven't they worked? And actually creating that open forum where you can kind of discuss those and share them. For our team specific, we, specifically, we're, we're also upskilling sustainability champions across the Woolworths group right. to be advocates of the program. A great example of that is in is what we're doing in food waste in our store teams and actually having then advocates in our store teams who are champions for, for doing that. 
Externally, uh, to think about it also, though, is incredibly important for us is around our suppliers as well. So they are a key stakeholder that we partner with and actually how we, we work with them to deliver change. And our commercial teams are having lots of conversations with, our, with their counterparts around sustainability and actually how they can help customers to either, you know, make the more healthier choice or, more, or the more sustainable choice. So I just I think it's it's critical, Paul. Without our teams being engaged in this, then none none of this is going to happen. Absolutely, there's big challenges. Like, what is there over a hundred thousand people work at Woolworths? So it's an important part. You're only as strong as I guess each one of those individuals collectively and individually put together. Exactly. AWS is committed to building a sustainable business for our customers and the planet to drive collective cross-sector action on the climate crisis. We co-founded the Climate Pledge with Global Optimism on the conviction that businesses are responsible, accountable and able to act on the climate crisis. To find out how AWS can support you to modernise your business to reach your organisation's sustainability goals, head to the link in the show notes. Look, we, we now want to just move the conversation a little bit uh, further. The era of the big audacious goals has passed. Everyone is working on sustainability now, and what sets companies apart is how they deliver on their vision and goals. How is Woolworths going about the execution of its targets? Your spot on setting goals is the easy part. A few years ago, I probably wouldn't have said that, but now absolutely, setting goals is the easy part. The, the difficult thing is turning them into a reality. And that is really where you need consistency, accountability and progress. And and in order to do that, then sustainability has got to be an intrinsic part of your business, not just an add-on. So for us, uh, having Exco sponsorship is incredibly important. So for all all of our goals, we have got an Exco sponsor for each of those. And we've aligned that sponsorship to the area where they have got ultimate accountability and the ability to help remove roadblocks or help the team to progress. We've also worked through to make sure that we actually get the right capability in place. And I just think there's been a real evolution in sustainability from predominantly being around technical and sustainability expertise, which is is absolutely critical. You definitely do do need that. However, the the next horizon of progress in sustainability is not going to be possible without building the right capability for delivery. And actually, um, these are very different and equally kind of important skill sets. So it's around, you've got to know not only what we have to do, mm. but also how we practically go about to deliver it. And we've, we've actually got over 170,000 people and a huge operational complexity in the Woolworths Group. And there's three areas that we are we have invested in in capability. So the first area is around transformation experience, very much working to create a new organizational mindset and ways of working. Second area is around delivery. So this around, we've got very ambitious goals and we need to get granular about how we're going to achieve them. And then the third area around data and analytics. And we've got a dedicated sustainability data scientist to really help us measure things we've never measured before, you know, track, track our impact offer predictive analytics and hold us to account. Ultimately, in in Woolworths, we move what we measure. So measurement becomes incredibly important. We get that right. We can actually then move forward. 
And the, the last piece, Paul, is actually just on our roadmap delivery. So this really is around the, the piece around how we actually activate it. So this is having a real clear roadmap to 2025 uh, with milestones of what needs to be achieved by when. And then we go granular on an annual basis. So we then go granular into the next year on what's our plans that we're going to achieve for that year, what's requirements, being clear on ownership, quarterly planning, et cetera. And the performance then gets tracked more than once a quarter. And we do this through delivery forums, the Group Exco, Steerco. We also then have got quarterly updates and discussion with our board as well. So those two things have really helped us to scope out and, and scale the way we're going to actually deliver sustainability across the Woolworths Group in a relatively short amount of time. It's amazing, Alex. It does appear like you've got such a strong and a large change program. There's a clear strategy. You've communicated it well. You've got um, clear accountability. You've got the structure to support, and also always us are investing heavily in, in other you know types of business to support the strategy around sustainability. So it's it's all credit to your leadership and also to the Woolworths team and what you've uh, achieved to date and what's still to be achieved. And I guess the the, the, the my next question is really around those people who might be listening this to this podcast. I think sometimes we feel that Australia is exposed to climate change impacts more than most other countries in the world. We see it regularly with bushfires and floods and communities are cut off from accessing essential food and groceries and the supermarkets are really at the front line of all of that. Tell us how Woolworths views its responsibility to the community because so many times you have to be there for people during times of crisis. Over the last couple of years, I think care has really come to the forefront of us as a business. And I think the, the, the best way that you will see this is actually if you go into our stores and meet our teams there, our teams are a part of the community and caring for the community is really what we do. We serve communities every day and providing essentials to our customers during periods of, of horrendous disruptions that we've had, be it the floods, be it bushfires, our teams go above and beyond to get the food where it's most needed. During during the floods a few months ago now, uh, we donated food, drinking water, you know, shopping vouchers to people in need. And for us, these communities are, are not just about our customers. They are also our team members' homes. They are our neighbours. They are the family members. And unfortunately, we had a, a number of our team members who also lost their homes in the floods or had extreme damage. So the the part of creating a better tomorrow and our group purpose uh, is really about being there for people today. And our stand program is around how we support Australians throughout natural disasters. And that's been in place since 2019 bushfires up until these most recent floods. And the funds that get raised through the program throughout the year are delivered to our disaster response partners, of which there's there's a number that we partner with who provide that timely support back through to communities on the ground. And our, just, our stand program, which is in, in supported by the Salvation Army, has actually provided um, over 40,000 meals for evacuees and first responders in the 25 evacuation centres during the Queensland and northern New South Wales floods. And we know the the road to recovery is really long for these communities and we're equally committed to supporting them throughout their rebuilding journey. And for us, we do that in working in partnership with the Salvation Army to provide grants to assist and our teams on the ground 
partnering with the local community in how they help to rebuild the communities that have been horrendously impacted by bushfires or flooding. That's amazing and really heartening to hear, actually. So wonderful. And look, my final question for you, Alex, is what guidance would you have for an ARA ARA member just starting on their sustainability journey? What is the secret sauce and what was success that could be applied to any member of any size? Oh, it's a a great question. Um, I think so. what I'll share is the result of learnings that we've had, which includes when things don't go great and and I do I share that and say that because I think it is important as well to try things and very much have a philosophy around not letting perfect get in the way of good so do try things learn from them and if they don't work then you can you move forward so the probably top five I think firstly I would talk about purposeful prioritization what I mean by that is Start with really understanding your business and the areas that are material to your business. There can be so many things that you could be involved in, though, that that prioritization is critical. And if you're purposeful about your prioritization, actually have a go and aim high in a number of them. So setting aspirations, they help you get that step further, Paul. For us, there's a number that we went a lot further than we would have originally have gone with. But actually, we are making significant progress. So aiming high. The second thing would be around the right capability. So hiring both experts in sustainability and experts in enablement. As I kind of talked about earlier, for us, that was transformation, data and delivery. So just kind of having to think about your business and what's yes. right for you. The third piece would be around taking your team on the journey from the beginning so we we touched on that earlier around how you create a movement and you're you're really talking about sustainability clearly and consistently and you're making it easy for people to understand i think that there is this piece on um, leadership and the tone that leadership sets can have just such a ripple effect throughout a business of any size and when a leader actually gives their team members that permission to make sustainability part of everyday business decisions, it has real impact. So that that thinking about sustainability as part of your decisions in business is key. And then the, the last piece, I think, is around how you view sustainability as part of your business's identity. Make it part of your purpose, make it your purpose. It's not, it's not an add-on. Um, it should be an intrinsic part of who you are as, a, as an organisation. How you go about delivering it is through your strategy, which is absolutely aligned to business performance. Got, gone are the days that sustainability is just a good thing to do. Sustainability now is fundamentally seen as a benefit to business and actually a benefit to financial returns from doing the right thing. Alex Holt, what a lovely way to end this podcast uh, conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations on all the work you're doing at Woolworths and the strong commitment you have to sustainability. Thanks for chatting and all the best for the future. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fabulous to chat to you. Thank you for joining me for some retail therapy. With special thanks to our season partner, AWS, who can assist retailers navigating through their own sustainability journey with a wealth of practical resources. For more information, check out the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. We can be found wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. For more information about the work we do at the ARA, head to our website, retail.org.au. Follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, wherever you love to connect. All of the links can be found in the show notes.